Shkalim, Perik Aleph, Mishnah 1-5, in a new Mishnah, but really more on the same topic. It says, Afal Pisha Amru, even though they said, this is in the Mishnah two Mishnahs ago, Ein Mimashkinin Nashim Vavadim Ukatanim, we do not seize the property of women, slaves, or children in order to ensure that we have collateral to force them to pay the Machsa Shekel, meaning we don't force them to pay the Machsa Shekel at all. Im Shaklu, if they do measure out and they do give us a machsa shekel, they do make such a contribution, we do accept it. Meaning if a woman, for example, wants to have a portion in the carbono sibor, and same for slaves and children, maybe these children are older than 13 according to the, the Bartonora, we do accept it from them, provided, of course, that their intention is that they should um, be participating in the communal offering and not have any sort of private personal ownership in it. But if they want to participate, they can. On the flip side, We will not accept voluntary gifts to participate in the Machsa Shekel from an Ovid Kochavim, that really is any non-Jew, and nor from a Kusi, which I'll explain in a moment. So Ovid Kochavim is the version of the mission I think most people have in front of them. We may have the word Nachri. Nachri is probably the original. Um, but uh, Nachri, who means foreigner, non-Jew, um, was edited out for the sake of um, the the Christian censors. Ovid Kochavim means an idol, uh, excuse me, um, a star worshiper. Um, the actual source for why we don't accept Gentiles' contributions to the Machsa Shekel is based on the Pasuk and Vayikra Chav Beis, Pasuk Chav Hei, which says, Umiyad ben Nechar lo sakrivu es lechem Eloheichem mikol ele, from the hand of a foreigner, a non-Jew, a Gentile, we will not offer this bread of our God from all these things. We darshan with the word lechem, the word bread. There we're talking about um, the Korban Tamid, which was referred to as lachmi, Hashem's bread, if you will, his food. And we, from Mikol Eila, we say other the Korbanos as well. So we don't accept Gentile contributions um, for the Machsa Shekel. Now, as far as the Kusim go, the Kusim were people from the land of Kusa, uh, who were imported by the Assyrians after they exiled the ten tribes, those ten lost tribes in the 8th century BCE. So part of the military strategy of domination of the Assyrians was to relocate populations who would then perpetually be sort of weak as foreigners and outsiders. So they transplanted a population of Kusim to what's, what we refer to today as Samaria, and the Kusim in English are called the Samaritans. We're talking here in Israel, northern Israel. And they were idolatrous non-Jews. However, they were perpetually attacked by lions, and therefore they reasoned, oh, it's clear that the local god doesn't approve our behavior, and therefore we're suffering these lion attacks, and therefore they, they converted to being Jewish so they would be protected from the lions. Now, because of that, there is a machlokus in the Tanaim whether or not the Kusim are considered to be Jews, or if their conversion was was a was a sham and is not effective, so either they're called Gary Emes, true converts, or Gary Arayot, um, lion converts, if you will, because they weren't really converts for the sake of the religion; they just were converts for the expedience of being saved from lions. Um, so our Tana over here understands that the Kusim are Gary Emet, that they're actually legitimate converts, and therefore we have to be considered separately. 
those who hold that the conversion was not legitimate, they would just lump the kusim in with, um, with general Ovid Kochavim, idolaters in general. So in our mission here, we're assuming that the kusim are are are, are quasi-Jewish, meaning they did convert, but the kusim, those Samaritans, um, notwithstanding the expression good Samaritan, um, tend to not be very good to the Jews. You can see in the beginning of, of the book of Ezra um, how they really cause a lot of trouble for the Jews, and therefore the Jewish position was whether or not they're Jewish, that's for God to figure out perhaps, but uh, we want nothing to do with them, so we're keeping it at a distance. So to keep them at a distance, we don't accept their their offerings. Um, subsequent to the Mishnah here, to the Mishnahic period, in the time of the Talmud, it was discovered that the the Kusim, the Samaritans, have on Har Hagrizim, which they still have as a place, a holy place to this very day. They had set up an idol in the shape of a dove, and they were worshiping it. And because they were doing idolatrous practices towards the dove idol, it became the consensus that the Kusim are not Jewish. But in the time of the Mishnah, that was up for grabs, a discussion, and our Tana holds they were Jewish. But nevertheless, since we don't want them to be involved in our affairs, we want to keep our distance from them. We don't accept their contribution toward the Mach Shekel. Furthermore, says the Mishnah, in Mekalmi Yadan, Kine Zavim, the Kine Zavos, the Kine Yodos, the Chatos, the Shamos. We won't accept their offerings, these various offerings, be brought in the base of Mikdash on their behalf. Now, here we're talking specifically about the Kusim. It's a non starter to talk about bringing offerings of Gentiles. Gentiles have no business to bring these kind of offerings. I'll discuss what kind of offerings they could bring, but none of these for sure. The point is, by the kusim, so they are practicing Jews, sort of, and they might want to bring it. Yet we don't accept their offerings because we want to not be attached to them. So what are these different offerings here? We have, the first of all, the kine zavim and kine zavos. The zav is a person who, um, it's a man who has two, well, he has mysterious non-seminal emissions, but they kind of resemble semen in some way or other. Um, Less viscous, whatever it, they drip it drips out the person, as opposed to like. So, um, if that happens to a man twice, he becomes tame as a zav um, for seven days, needing to have seven clean days. Um, and if he has it a third time, in within one, two, or three days, then he becomes not just tame for seven days, but also liable to bring a pair of birds. A cane means like a literally means a nest. It means a pair, like a pair of birds. One is an ola, one is a chatas, the pairs of birds, one is, they're two birds, either tour, like uh, um, turtle doves, or beneyona, little baby pigeons, I think the word for that is squab, um, so two matching baby pigeons, one an ola, one a chatas, that's for the zav. The zava is not really an analog of the zav, the truth is, but it's a woman who also has unexpected emissions, that's the, where the similarity um, ends. The word zav means like from the word zov is to flow like eretz zavat chalav adavash a land flowing milk honey so these people have mysterious flows coming out of them if you will um so the zava is a woman who bleeds not when she's expected to bleed not bleed not during her normal menstrual cycle so that means um between 8 and 18 days it works out after her last normal period began if she bleeds in that period of time that duration of time so then that's not considered her it's not menstruation, it is, and it's not nida blood, it's, it's, it could be zava blood. So if she s- observes having blood come out of her on two consecutive days, she already becomes a zava, but when she has it a third consecutive day, excuse me, 
it's not correct what I said. It's not quite precise. If she has it, but I'm skipping to the point. If she sees three consecutive days of blood, so then she becomes a full-blown Zava um, for seven days, and when she becomes Tahora after seven clean days, Shivanakim, she has to bring also a pair of birds, that's what we're referring to over here, and the Yoledes, or the, the Yoldos, women who give birth, also, and when they become fully Tahora, which is after 40 days if they have a boy, 80 days if they have a girl, then they're going to bring um, two offerings also. One will be an Ola, burnt offering, one will be a Chatas. Um, in truth, the Sukkim prescribed that she should bring a a sheep in its first year as the Ola, and a bird as a Chatas, if she can afford it. If she can't afford it, she brings two birds, one is Ola, one is a Chatas. So the cane we're talking about here, the pair of birds, is such an event. But anyways, the point is, if you have a Kusi who gave birth and they want to bring these special offerings for the sake of the birth, having given birth and doing the mitzvah of what you led the springs, no, we don't accept that. Same goes, goes for chataos and hashamos, chatas, the sin offerings brought for the various crimes in the Torah for which one receives the penalty of karas, um, if he does it intentionally, if he does it um, bishogeg, I'll translate that right now as accidentally, for lack of a better translation at the minute, so then he brings the chatas, um, and as the asham, there's six kinds of ashamos that are brought for very specific things. Not for now to go into that, but the point is, if a person did one of these various things, um, and he has to bring the asham, if the person who were a kusi and wants to bring it, we say, no, we're not accepting your asham. Aval, however, nedarm unedavos, voluntary offerings, mekablin meyadan, we do accept those from the Gentile, or the kusi, for that matter. Um, Voluntary offerings come in two flavors. Um, the neder and the nadava both means voluntary. The difference is simply the neder is when a person accepts upon himself to make such a contribution. Um, so a person says, Hare Alai, I commit to bring a sheep when I'm in Jerusalem, let's say. Um, the nadava is the Hare Zoo. It's when a person says, uh, this particular animal, this cow, Bessie, she is going to be brought as an Ola. And there are differences if Bessie gets lost, what's going to happen next. So that's the difference between a nether and a dava. point is they're both voluntary. Okay? Um, but you could also say a different way that there are two categories of offerings that they're allowed to, that Gentiles can bring. Not saying nether and dava, but rather um, of the eight categories of zvachim, two of them could be brought voluntarily. The truth is that's true for Jews as well. You did only two of the eight. That's called the Ola and the Shlamim. Ola, the holy burned offering, entirely burned offering. Shlamim, the peace offering that okay, the offerer and the Kohanim and the Mizbech each get a portion of it. So those are your options. If you want to give a carbon voluntarily, you have two options. Whether it's Nether or Nadava, the point is you can make it, it Nether or Nadava of either a Shlamim or an Ola. And we would, if a non-Jew made such a commitment, says Aratana here, yes, we'd accept that, and it would be offered. Zehaklal, the principle is, kol shenidar v'nidav, anything which um, can be volunteered to be brought. Um, so then, as an offering, so we will accept those, mekablin miyadan, we do accept that from non-Jews. And and kusim if they're Jews, so that would include not just what we just said, like the ola and the shlamim, but also include things like birds and a mincha and wine and frankincense and wood, all those things you can volunteer to bring wood. 
and if they volunteer wood as a contribution for the Mizbech, we'll accept it. Kol However, things that can't be voluntarily contributed to be offered on the Mizbeach, meaning if they, let's say, for example, give a contribution to be for Bedek Abayas, for upkeep of the Beis HaMikdash, they want to make a contribution in the Pushka, when they come to visit Jerusalem on their pilgrimage, whatever. No, Ein Mekabal Miyadan, we do not accept um, Gentiles to contribute to the upkeep or whatever of the Beis HaMikdash. No. V'cheinu Mufurash Al Yudei Ezra, in fact, that was made perfectly clear explicitly in Sefer Ezra by the by Ezra, actually, um, yeah, yeah, because it's uh, I just don't remember actually. Forgive me if it was Ezra or if it was Zerubbabel who said this. You'll forgive me, but um, in any case, you'll forgive me for my forgetting who said that. In any case, um, he said Lo Lachem Belanu Livnot Base. Excuse me, bias Lolokeno. It's not um, for you and us to build a house, the house of our God, to our God together. No, we're not doing that. Jews build a house to God amongst themselves, and that's that. Not, we're not letting the Kusim participate. So that's the verse. I'll tell you that we don't accept those kinds of things. Yeah, just as a side point, Lahalacha, we do accept voluntary offerings from um, Gentiles. However, the Raman Paskins, not like our Mishnah, the Raman Paskins, like Rabbi Akiva elsewhere, that they only can bring olos, not shlamim. So even if they would hypothetically bring a shlamim as an offering, it would be burnt, offered as an, an ola, meaning it, was, it would be entirely burned and no one would eat from that meat. It all goes up in the um, and is brought up as smoke um, to Hashem.